Welcome to your Be Inspired coaching session. Take us out for a run or use us just to get your trainers on. Come on now. This is the podcast which promises to reveal the key techniques which enabled the world's best female athletes to stamp their names among sports elite. Your coach today is the rebel with Accord, the owner of the ultimate boast of sporting bling and Olympic gold medal. Good luck finding that among a trophy cabinet which boasts nine, I repeat, nine Grand Slam titles, five of which in the women's doubles, four in the mixed doubles, dance moves to take TikTok down, and knife of fashion and flair which only Lady Gaga dare. She is the irreproachable and the fabulous Bethany Matic Sands and flying right out to her now in the United States. Hello to you, young lady. <laughs> what an intro. I'm, I feel like you are hired to announce me onto all my matches. Uh, I'm feeling really <laughs> about this. I'm feeling pumped, but I'm doing well. I'm here in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, enjoying the weather outside, sort of enjoying this time. But it's uh, thanks for the invite. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for being with us. I'm so hyped that you're with us now. I know how much you love the tour life. I know how well connected you are from your, with your fans, so you won't be feeling as disconnected as some people are. But what's been your big strength during this crazy time? Oh, man. Uh, my biggest strength during this time, I think, is maintaining a little bit of my schedule. For me, I'm used to being on the road week in and week out. And there's times where mid-season, I'm wishing I could be stuck at home and forced to not leave. But, you know, here I am and I want to make the best out of it. I'm choosing to still train and work out. Uh, you know, I'm drinking, I'm definitely drinking more wine these days than I usually do, but that's okay. Like it's, it's all in balance. Right. So that's, I mean, that's why I'm doing my bike sprints actually in my garage is so I can eat more chocolate chip pancakes, but, um, adjusting pretty well to the, to the moment. <laughs> and this is kind of any sports fan's dream because we can now come and work out with you because you and your husband have been like giving us gym sessions, weight sessions. It's, it's every life and insight we've all ever wanted and for free. It's a, a great outlook. And I want to come right back to inspiring women and getting women motivated. What does that mean to you that you are leading such a generation of powerful women? No, I, I, and I take that as a big compliment because, you know, for me growing up in tennis and in an individual sport and being an athlete, you know, there's a certain mindset that I feel like been able to take on since I've been young. And I'll give an example, actually, my sister, who's two years younger than me is actually the opposite personality of me. She's a little bit shy. She's not competitive. As a matter of fact, she would let me win uh, in games when we were kids, because she's like, Beth, it means more to you than it does to me. So, and she, so she's a super sweetheart, but I think no matter what your personality is, no matter what you do for a job, you don't have to be a pro athlete to be inspired, to be motivated, to be active, to be healthy. There's all these decisions that you can do on your own terms. One of the things that I get inspiration is how many different people are motivated in different ways. There's so many options out there. There's so many people to look up to. There's so many strong women out there with different personalities. And to me, it's just a matter of finding them and following them you'll see like there's this other side to us like a lot of times people will just see this competitive and fierce and strong side out on the court but really already well-rounded women and I think that's important to see I think that's important for girls growing up to see that that you can have both sides you can be soft you can be feminine you can be cute and like fashion and makeup and still be strong athletic healthy like 
you can have it all. And that's one of my things that I want to portray. If I, if I'm, if I had to pick one thing uh, that I'd want to say to all the women and girls out there is that it is possible to be like that. And that's not something I want to focus on too much as the main thing that got you to be an elite Grand Slam winner. But I think for my generation, certainly and for yours, it was really important. And you being a fashion designer embraces that because I think when I was growing up, I was the freak girl that I had to be a tomboy to love sport. And everything <laughs> in the clothes shop was the girls line. And I worked in a major sports brand sports shop when I was at uni, you know, folding the clothes. And it would be this awful corner of powder blue. <laughs> just these hideous things. And it about. makes it like women can express themselves and be sporty and sexy and fun or butch and do whichever angle they like. It's no longer the strange girl in the corner that likes sport, which means she's not a woman or isn't feminine or isn't in a box of being the extraordinary or the ordinary. Yeah, 100%. And you know what, actually, it, that just reminds me of a stat that I heard a little while ago is that 70% of girls stop playing sports by the time they're 14, which is crazy. And I want girls to feel what I feel when I'm working out with when I'm athletic. And I think like you said, it in the past, it felt like you almost had to make that decision. Were you going to be a pro athlete and focus entirely on that? Or were you going to have more of a balanced life and, and work that in? It's almost like you, you felt like you didn't have a choice. You had to be a tomboy or pick something else. And I think now, like when you see women across all sports showing you all their different dynamics, I think it's amazing to put that out there as a balance. I mean, I have my own fashion line. Um, I've designed clothes for the last year and a half with a brand called Lucky and Love. And to me, it's fun. It's showing my personality. A big part of me playing well and performing well is feeling good. And being creative and being myself. I didn't want to always have to feel like I had to summon this inner serious warrior. And that's the only person that you could see on the tennis court. That's why you'll see me laughing a lot. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm still competitive. I'm still fierce. I still want to win more than anyone out there. But it's, you know, I've learned to enjoy it along the way. And I've learned to, ex you know, the, the woman that I am and let her come out whether I'm in competition or whether I'm getting dressed up and dolled up and, and going to a red carpet event. So I think that it's amazing. Women's and female sports, are, it's just being looked at in a lot different way. And I really hope we can change that number of girls staying involved in sports. And I love your lucky love range. Absolutely. <laughs> thanks, I'm, thanks. I'm going to do colorful. something really naughty because we're going to come to your doubles partner, Jamie Murray, in a little while. But I knew him when he was younger. And is his fashion sense any better now? <laughs> yeah, okay. To be fair, and this is for a lot of the tennis players, once, you're spon once you have a clothing manufacturer sponsor, most times you have no creative input. They are telling you what to wear, but have you seen Jamie's posts on his Instagram though of him like when he's dressed up in his suit and, and everything? Suits. I was like, okay, GQ, like who's <laughs> this guy? Um, and talking about his clothes, it's funny because sponsors uh, is Play Brave and uh, I'm not pubbing it or anything, but uh, it's funny because when I'm playing with him, I see it and I'm like, Beth, you got to play Brave. Like, got to be like Jamie. You got to play Brave. So I'll, I'll, I'll give him some credit there for picking the right, the right <laughs> wording on his club while we're playing. But uh, off court, Jamie, Jamie's impressing me. So 
<laughs> no, he's a he's a top man, so I wouldn't tease him if I knew I couldn't get away with it. I hope. Love you, Jamie. <laughs> yeah. Yes, a hundred percent. I'd like to talk to you about a quite a, a breakthrough moment um, that's come from a, a big name in the game. Well timed for this podcast. Roger Federer, a lot of people have been talking, thinking, musing. This is a really difficult, interesting time for tennis. But Roger Federer just musing casually on Twitter that perhaps the ATP and the WTA should come together. What was your reaction when you heard that? Well, look, honestly, it's not the first time that it's been mentioned. And, uh, you know, I just think we're we're stronger together. I mean, seeing tennis united, that's that's massive. I mean, you know, I spent time on uh, as a player representative on the player board for the WTA. So I've been in those discussions about marketing and bringing the tours together and just and even bringing tournaments together. You know, right now, we already can admit that our combined events do really well. We have our Grand Slams. We have our tournaments like Miami, Indian Wells, Madrid, and they, they do amazing. But why not come together? Like you are stronger as a group. I think it would just make it more fun and engaging for fans. Like you have so many different styles and personalities to like. And if we can get it all in one place, I I think now is the time that we talk about all that. I mean, I've always been an outside the box thinker and I'm always one of those people that likes to ask those questions and not saying that I have the answers, I think it would be nice if there was a little bit more collaboration amongst everyone. It's a big win for tournaments, for fans, for players, men and women, and and everybody wins. And I I feel like scenarios like that should be discussed. And now, now is the time. And I think it's at a time where the women are so powerful, the characters, the talent. We know that Roger and Rafa, you could say they might want to be wanting to leave a legacy (laughs) and leading a way forward if you were going to be cynical. And I'll be the bad guy and say this. I do think that in a time when we'll be talking about feminism and the power of sport, that an industry of tennis that for so long had so many great women and so many great men have not been pushing forward their women as strongly as they have and have not been giving them the support. And now has to be the moment, doesn't it? Yeah, I definitely. And look, and I don't even think this is about one side helping the other. Like I said, there's a lot to win for both yeah. sides. I mean, even for the the men to put it out there, the ATP tour to, to start these kind of discussions, like you're one of the first sports to kind of be on this topic. Like what a win. Like this is, yeah. this is pop culture discussion. This is more than just sports. And like, we're talking about setting examples for kids and getting kids interested in tennis and not just to become pro, but to be active, be healthy. I mean, we talk about tennis being a lifetime sport and if they're not going pro, we want them to go to college and, and, or we we want them to have fun with their friends. Like there's, there's just so much win in this. And I really, I personally don't take the stance that it's going to be one side helping the other to get this. Like it's, it's a massive win all around. And I, let's keep it on an upward trend. And I think by the men and women coming together, we can do that even faster than we could separately. There's amazing personalities on the men's side. There's some awesome personalities on the women's side. The thing is, sometimes you don't get to see it all. Like the way media covers tennis, you don't always get to see those behind the scenes. It's not, you know, when you talk about other sports like NBA or NFL, you have your pregame shows, your postgame shows, and you just, you, there's a lot more discussion around the sports and around the games. And I'd love to see that for tennis. And I think by us coming together, we can show this competitive side. We can show this giving back side. We can give a great example to the next generation and let's make tennis great again. 
Yeah, and you, if you look to, you talked about Jamie, your your double partner, and Andy, his brother, with their, their mother, Judy, and have really led the fe- feminism in sport campaign. I mean, he makes sure that he leads away in that. It's something that British sport here has really set up and taken an example from. Yeah, I mean, both, both Andy and Jamie have been extraordinary with that. I know Judy really well. I love her. I, I appreciate her passion. Um, and I know that she's had a tough time sometimes in the media, like through their, through their journey from the beginning. And I really give her a lot of credit for being herself and being strong. And she's involved with her charities. Um, she, she has a lot of speaking engagements. So talk about, you know, a, an inspiration for girls and for, for other women who are looking to strong women. Judy, Judy is definitely one of them, but it's great to see Andy and Jamie. And even there's a lot of guys out there that have, have shown a lot of sport to support to women's sport and uh, look it's not this you versus us mentality Mm -hmm. again we're better together and there's a win so let's let's go after that i'm also going to ask you for the french open being placed or scheduled potentially so close to the u.s open with big decisions to be made about how you even prepare for two grand slams on different surfaces as athletes and the challenges around that and with an Olympic Games to next season, how are you planning to get around the US Open, the French Open, with your training? How are you dealing with that? It's the killer question. I'll be honest, I haven't even gotten there. Like to me, it's still not real that we would possibly play US Open right to French Open four weeks basically in a row, two different surfaces. I'm just biking so I can eat pancakes to me it's too far away the tennis tour will start up again at some point so I'm okay with that I I love training I like being fit I would be fit whether I played professional tennis or not like I enjoy it I I I feel better it puts me in a better positive mood so that to me actually breaking down how I'm gonna go about that I feel like I have a little bit of time to digest that for now I'm more focused on figuring out little things about what I can improve. Maybe there's a, a, a different exercise. Maybe there's a different footwork pattern that I can work on that's going to help help me. Maybe there's a different, maybe there's a grip change that I could make that would make my, you know, slice more efficient. Or, you know, I, I'm focusing sort of details of, of what I could change because I have time now. So I'm like, all right, I'm open to like something maybe not working and maybe me trying something little bit and saying no that's like that's not the way so I'm really I'm in that right now so I don't want to say like this is what I'm going to do or this is how I'm going to train for it because I don't think any of us know we're all going to be in the same boat so <laughs> so we'll see we'll, we'll, we'll wait we'll have to do another podcast and when it's closer to the date and then then I'll give you some more details I'm going to ask the Be Inspired Orchestra to fire up the strings <laughs> I want to take you not too far away from you, really, um, put you on a flight and head you in the direction of Hollywood because I want to take you to the Oscars, our own Be Inspired Academy Awards, where in a moment I'm going to ask you to take to the stage and pay tribute to all the people that have helped you achieve all you have in your career. As you walk into the Oscars, going to the red carpet, what are you wearing? Who's the designer? What's the outfit? What am I wearing? You know what? I'm going to throw it out there and say I designed something myself. Um, it's going to be very colorful. It's going to be very flamboyant because that's the energy I'm feeling right now being stuck at home. I want something colorful and something super extra. I've been wearing sweatpants for too long. 
give me all the makeup, give me the hair, everything. So picture that as I walk in. But I, I mean, this thank you speech though that I, I'm about to give is really, it's, it would be long because as individual of a sport that tennis is, it really takes a team. It really, and, and to be fair, it takes a village to like get me going to where I'm at just because I'm, I'm like one of those people that get so focused and zoned on certain things that I almost miss other things. And that's why I have my husband who's uh, wears a lot of different hats for me. He's on the road with me. He's been through my ups and downs. He's helped lift a trophy with me, drink champagne out of one of the cups. And then he's lifted me to go into the bathroom after I've had surgery and couldn't get myself out of bed. So it's like, you know, that, that's just, and that's just one person that's been around me. I've had all my coaches growing up, my parents. I mean, my dad was the one who got me started in tennis and he brought, he really inspired me to be a strong girl when I was younger. And I feel like a lot of that influence has really, it's, it's part of the Bethany you see today. And even though my parents, you know, aren't at my, they live in Florida, we're not super close to them um, geographically, and they don't come to a lot of tournaments, but really what they've done for me in my life, uh, it shows out on the court and uh, in my relationships. But I mean, we're talking like, Tennis coaches, tennis academy. I mean, I was with Everett Tennis Academy when I was younger. I was with Rick Macy Tennis Academy. I had uh, private coaches from the time I was 10 years old through now. I actually, I have my hidden partner living with me right now. He's my in-house barista and chef. I mean, really it's for me, I'll, I'll tell you the biggest thing is, is energy. Like I want to be around people that give me energy and we're all uplifting each other. And that's the biggest thing I look for, whether it's a coach, whether it's a trainer, whether it's a massage therapist, whether it's a psychologist, like what what energy are we creating together? And I feel very fortunate that everyone who's close to me in my inner circle has this amazing energy. And that's one of the reasons why I can be as outgoing. I feel like I can do anything. I come back from injuries. It doesn't matter. Like I just, I, I'm all about that energy. and. Uh, so really to end this a big thank you for everyone that matched me that matched <laughs> me on this energy on this journey hopefully i know i'm going to meet a ton more people that are going to add that i'm just going to add to the team and i love it and i like and i and the fans look at the end of the day i'm an entertainer like i love playing in front of crowds i love going on tv i like speaking in front of people like to me when you there's this energy and this electricity like, like that's that's what i'm talking about like i live for that and so you know every person that's come to a match that's supported me look even if you've supported my opponents like i appreciate the energy like you're there like you you took time out of your day or your week to come watch some tennis and i'm glad you were into it so i, I everyone out there that's bringing the good energy no matter where you are, I will feel it and I appreciate you. Your good energy jumped ahead of me giving you just one minute to do that. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. Challenge. I told you that speech was gonna be long though. I, I, I could have kept going. So I, I had to like cut it, cut it Good somewhere. work, good work. There's normally someone you always forget though. Have you forgotten anyone? I definitely forgot Justin's parents because they are they are a big part of my life and I, so I've been married for 11 years now and they are Justin's actually an only child so I was really the daughter they'd never had and they've spoiled me with their love and they are super important in my life and I love them very much and I really appreciate uh, my family around me. I'm also going to ask you 
if you remember back in the day when you were super young, and I mean back in the day when if it was raining, you probably had to have a hairdryer to dry off the tennis balls. We had that back at home. You probably don't know. Okay, yeah, <laughs> the hairdryer, okay. Yeah, we like tennis tournaments with um, Tim Henman when I was young in Oxfordshire. We like some of That's the tournaments. That's funny, really, okay. Really amateur, like local ones. If it was rainy, you have to hairdryer off the te- tennis balls. Okay. But, anyone in your really early formative years that you either beasted or they beasted you and you're like, I am never going to forget that. Or I should really still say sorry now. Uh, that I beasted. Um, you know, what's, you know, what's funny is when I was, I was actually really shy when I was younger. So I know it's like a far cry to maybe the Bethany you see now, but in all honesty, I wouldn't have hurt a fly's feelings, <laughs> I think, when I was younger. Like, I was so concerned about, you know, people liking me or saying the wrong thing. Like, I was very self-conscious. So uh, I feel like my younger self almost needed to maybe be someone that was like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when, when the time came. But no, she was, she was too nice. If anything, she was uh, like... Was there anyone that beat you then when you were young? They were like, I'm not going to let that happen again nobody's really sticking out. And I don't know if that's because I never lost or I just <laughs> forgot about all those memories and only have the memories of me winning. I don't, it could do be that. so you know what, here, I, actually, I'm going to throw you this. I, I would probably say I would have to apologize to myself a little bit when I was younger, I took things really hard. And this was something that as an adult, I actually took time to kind of go through some of these emotions on how hard I was on myself when I was younger and how much pressure I put on myself when I was younger. So really, I, I'd like to sort of apologizing, apologize to my, to my kid self. I think she uh, doing the best she could and with what she knew. And uh, I was, I was hard on her. So I've had, I and, and trust me, I've had some conversations with my younger self going over some of these emotions and I've come out the other end, but um, I think that was a big, uh, big breakthrough for me. So little Bethany uh, was doing okay. <laughs> it's so, and it's such a championship mentality thing to get over. And you watch both men and women go through that in their career, really beating themselves up and not just picking themselves up and going forward when they don't believe in themselves. It's a Yeah, listen, you got to be your, your own best friend. I mean, it's really important. And there's sometimes I know that sort of critical voice in your head seems so loud and it's like you can do something about it like there's there's it's just a changing the habit a little bit it's being aware of your thoughts aware of those where those emotions are coming from and then shifting to the habit that you ultimately want to see and I think you know we we do have a tendency to be really hard on ourselves and we almost have a tendency to be more mean and vicious to ourselves. Like when we conversate with ourselves, we would never say certain things to other people. Like there are things that I've told myself that I would never tell my doubles partner. And why? Because it wouldn't help her. It wouldn't help her have fun. It wouldn't help her play better. And I'm like, why do I say that to myself? Like, that's terrible. And I'm like, and it, and I think it just started with being aware of those thoughts and those emotions. And it's like, it's not like, you're not crazy. It's, it, it can be there and it's okay. But I'm just going to tell everyone out there that you can shift through that. You can change that habit, be your best friend, listen to yourself, be honest with yourself. And I promise you, you'll get places and you'll change a lot of your, your habits that you want to change. It's probably one of the best, best pieces of advice you could ever, ever give. <laughs> and, it, it, and you never stop doing it as you get older. You keep reminding yourself. I want to ask you if you have and can remember 
any breakthrough moments in your time as a young athlete or as a professional athlete that you had a real breakthrough moment, a coaching lesson, a coaching technique that really lifted you up from being a competitor to an elite competitor that had a real impact on your career? Um, I, I've ha- honestly, I've had a few of them. I'll, I'll be, I'll be honest. I mean, t- for me to pick one is, is a little, is a little challenging, but I think I was, I was lucky to have some really good coaches when I was younger. And even though looking back, I've seen some videos of myself, I've changed my technique a lot. Like I've gone through grip changes, I've gone through technical changes and I feel like it all has actually helped me learn a little bit more about what I can do on the court. So if we're being tennis specific right now, like I enjoyed hitting a lot of different shots. I like being creative. And I really found that coaches that let me be creative were, that's when I had the most fun. And that's why whenever I talk to parents and coaches, like I encourage them to really with a kid's personality, like I think you're going to see more kids be successful in tennis and enjoy tennis for longer. And then I think fast forwarding into my pro career, I really had some breakthroughs Uh, Once I started sort of examining some of my thought patterns and my habits, I had some negative reactions, but I want to know how I can genuinely feel a different way. And I really sort of got on this personal sort of internal journey. And I would say about 2015 and I'm still on it. Look, I still, there's a lot more to learn and I, I hope there always is like, I don't want this sort of journey to kind of have an end really um, because it's exciting I learn about more about myself all the time I think you know a big thing if I was gonna sort of stick on one topic was recognizing that my identity as a person was could be different than my identity as a tennis player like for a long time I'm telling you I all I thought was like all I could do is play tennis that's all I've done since I've been five years old I can do nothing else. I've learned nothing else. Like what else is there for, like what else could Bethany Maddox Sands do? And I started separating a a little bit. And I think that was a really big and healthy move that I made that ultimately helped me actually fall in love with tennis again. Was there any, any spirit guys, any particular gurus, any particular mental states? Because everyone else would be like, a follow Bethany on social media because she will reveal all um, <laughs> any gurus any ideas any psychology that really helped set you on your course oh boy that's I like another on the spot. sorry <laughs> no no it's not on the spot that's like another whole hour podcast yeah. like what I've listened I listen I have a a Pinterest account that I probably have over 2000 quotes saved because for me, a big part of shifting my mentality started by just reading quotes. There's times where I'm like, I couldn't figure out how to get myself out of a hole, but I was like, I at least knew I could be honest reading a quote and saying like, damn, like there's a point to that. Like I agree with that. And it helped me almost come out of some of those negative pits that I got in and just shift the energy a little bit. So I'm a big quote person. What I've really learned to do is listen to what gives me energy. Like if, if something really pops up, it honestly doesn't matter who wrote it. If, if there's some meaning to a quote and it hit me personally and it makes sense to me, I save it. And, um, but again, I could talk about another hour about all this because I do, I, I, I take it seriously because I, like I said earlier, like energy is a big thing for me. And that's one of the ways that I, it's helped me. And it leads into, I mean, I have this section called visual, audible, tactile, what, what really 
gets sets you on and off the court and this sums it up the your visual is the quotes that you read but the music that you hear the fashion that you wear and it's all about taking your intuition from all those places that that motivate you and i think um we've covered so much in that section but what we didn't get around to with the oscars is maybe the music that you would have coming up to take <sighs> on stage what would be your your <laughs> song your ultimate the one that gets you really going it's funny because I actually make playlists almost every trip I go on. So like I'll have my Aussie, my Australia trip. I'll have, you know, my off season playlist. And so all my songs that I pick are ones that have stuck out to me and they'll always kind of bring me back to that time a little bit. I'm not a big reminiscer, but mm -hmm. music definitely does it for me. So currently I'm going to look up on my Spotify what my game... I'll give you my game day. Uh, what's on my game day right now? Can you follow your playlist on Spotify? Actually, you can. Yeah, I've made it public. And all my... I think it's just under Bethany Maddox hands. And it's all my BMS playlists. My current favorite right now that I am zoning for is called Green Mountain State. And it's by Trevor Hall. Then I have Queen, Fat Bottom Girls. Oh, I have Sia, Bird Set Free, <laughs> Jung Jungle X Ambassadors. So I'm giving you away like my secret here for my game. Day. Like, you, see, you see me on my headphones getting pumped. Everyone get on that. On it. On it's it. Current, current, current. So like when I hear this song, I, it's going to bring me back to this quarantine time, to this downtime. <laughs> but it's giving me life right now. So there's, there's my secret. Get that on your Spotify playlist. I know where I'm going to right next. So I was, in the, I was yeah. on a film session yesterday, just back on uh, girls. And I hadn't heard it for so long, but it's just a classic. Um, and I have to ask you, because we are running out of time and I could speak to you all day. So <laughs> on this podcast, we have got people that are tuning in that love their tennis, tuning in that are struggling to understand how to adapt to this crazy world. Is there any one thing that's helping you with this? I saw this great, great cartoon the other day and it was someone playing with a Rubik's cube, but their brain was a Rubik's cube as well. And I think everyone's in this, everyone's wondering when they're, why they're tired and exhausted because they are figuring out a puzzle in their life and in their head every day. Is there anything that's helping you? Yeah, here's the thing. I think there's a lot of uncertainty and people are outside their comfort zones, which it's natural to be a little stressed and to feel anxiety. Like that's not, that's not the issue. And I think the way I've looked at it for myself is I actually enjoy change sometimes. And I really challenge myself to look at obstacles, challenges, changes, disruptions in my life. I, I challenge myself to look at it that way. And that's where I go back to at the beginning, I talked about keeping a schedule. Um, but then don't be afraid to explore things that you aren't good at or that you've never tried. Like all of a sudden as adults, we got to this point where we don't try new things or we don't approach problems. So I just want to encourage everyone to kind of let go of that habit a, a little bit. It's something we've learned along the way. You know, like if we kind of thought this way as kids, like none of us would have learned how to walk. Like how many times did we fall before we learned? Like we, we put this sort of subconscious pressure on ourselves we might not even like kind of realize it but we we really do and that's sometimes i think why a lot of people find change and obstacles very very stressful but it's really all how you look at it it's not denying the facts that's that's not what it's about i think it's easy for people to say like oh yeah of course you just you know look at the sunny side of things and it's like no you, you still want to be honest with yourself for me just shifting that energy a little bit 
helps you handle whatever's coming at you. Once you're in a better state of mind, your problems, I'm not saying they're disappearing, but I'm saying you're going you're gonna to be able to tackle them a little bit differently. You're going to be inspired a little bit differently. Maybe a new idea is going to come to you. And that's, you know, who are we to say that the other side of this coin isn't better than what we already know? And I think with that mentality, I think you can really sort of take moments like this moments of uncertainty and, and catapult yourself into a, a different, different area and different arena. And so I would just encourage people to really look at things that way. Can I take you back to, I would imagine, and I'm not going to suggest what was the darkest moment potentially in your career at Wimbledon. And you were very much a character or are a character at Wimbledon and around the tennis tour. When you are around, you bring this great, wonderful energy. And I remember the day at Wimbledon when everyone started talking about the terrible injury you had suffered on court, to which no one came and rushed to your aid. And I remember, and I swear I wouldn't have watched it back in real time if I had not been watching it live. So I fear I probably did. And it was a, a what could have been a career ending injury how much of that that day that moment on court coming back from it to come back and win back-to-back grand slams at the US Open with Jamie how much of that has given you this mindset now oh definitely I mean I here's the thing actually right before that injury at Wimbledon I was at a high point in my career I had just won a gold medal I'd won three slams in a row I was number one in the world I was playing with my best friend. We were the number one seeds at Wimbledon. I had just won a great match in my first round of singles. Like I was playing, I actually think I beat Petra at French Open earlier, uh, bit of a, so I was, I was on a roll and it was just such an abrupt stop for me. But I remember posting something about choosing your attitude before I got hurt. And I remember thinking I went down, I'm like, shit like I gotta live up to this now like I just told everyone like it doesn't matter your circumstances like you can choose your attitude and it's easy when I'm number one in the world and so I really challenged myself here and here's here's the exact conversation I had with myself I said if this injury hadn't happened okay if I if I had woken up the next day and my knee was okay how would I treat people and I challenged myself to act that way and to feel that way. I did a little dance with my partner, Lucy, after I had, uh, uh, when I was in the hospital and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to challenge myself to catch this attitude as quick as I can. Because a lot of times we say like, you know what? Time heals all wounds. Like six weeks from now or three months from now, you're going to be good. And I'm like, and I asked myself like, why would I want to wait that long when I could just maybe shift that decision sooner? So I started backing it up. I was like, all right, well, can I get over this in two weeks? I'm like, yeah, that's a lot of like wasted energy. If I want to be super pissed for two weeks, I'm like, all right. Okay. So one week, I'm like, ah, that's too, that's even too long. I was like a day. And the closer I got, I was like, oh, I kind of want to be mad for longer than that. Like I want to be upset for longer than that, but it just, it was kind of a good exercise for me to show me how much control I sort of had of my attitude in that moment. Like I couldn't do anything about my knee at that point, but what did I have control of? And it was my attitude. And I really challenged myself. And, I, and that's why I actually I showed a lot of my journey um, to my fans and on social media. I was almost kind of putting myself on blast. Like if this is what I'm going to talk about, like I got to live this. And I, if I'm telling other people to be positive, like, all right, like I got to, I got to own up to this. So I don't want to say it wasn't easy because once you do it, you don't want to do it the other way. But maybe that initial jump is what's scary because it's not what you're used to and you feel justified. Like nobody would have blamed me if I would have been pissed 
But I was like, no, like, that's not like how I want to live my life. And in the end, and maybe this is because I've gone through some other injuries in my life. I, I remember my first hip surgery I had, I thought it was the end of my career. And I was just devastated. I didn't talk to anyone three months. And then in the end, I come back and have some of my best results post hip surgery. That was back in 2008. And I look back, I'm like, damn, I wasted a lot of energy being negative and pissed when in the end, like everything turned out all right. So I, I just, I take these opportunities to, to, to really listen to myself still. It's again, it's not ignoring, it's not ignoring negativity. It's not ignoring these darker thoughts, but really sort of diving into them and challenging yourself to what you really believe in. But that injury at Wimbledon was, was one of those moments that it was a game changer. And I think coming back and winning US Open with Jamie, I, I've said in a couple interviews that that actually wasn't the biggest moment for me in my comeback. The moment was when I decided to shift my attitude the day after I got hurt. That was what won me US Open, actually. Not the training, not the rehab, not all that. It was that mental shift that I made the 24 hours after I got hurt. And I'm going to be cruel now and then shift everything back on its head because there are so many people that love going out and playing tennis and love the game, but are never going to go and win a Grand Slam. One thing I just struck me that I found absolutely remarkable was because something I do at tennis that I'm really bad at, but I quite like getting tennis this because it zones me in, is I lose track of the score. <laughs> Now, I know as a, in a Grand Slam final, you would never do that. So <laughs> people that play tennis and think they could never be a professional tennis player because they can't keep track of the score. And how many people do I see on court saying, where are we? Where are we? And then their friend across the court goes, come on, keep up with the score. Tell me what happened the minute you won match point, <laughs> won the slam. Sorry. <laughs> That's so, that's so funny. Listen, I, I'm lucky that I have someone keeping track of score for me, not just my opponent, but yeah. So finals with Jamie, I was so focused on breaking the guy's serve. Okay. Like he was serving bombs and I was just like, all right, Bethany, this is where I'm going. They set up I formation. Like, this is what I want to do. And I remember Jamie turned around and he was celebrating. He was pumped. And I was like, damn, I was like, I know it was great to break serve but like we got to finish this out like I, in my mind I was like I thought we were at three two or something so oh, I was like I know well, Jamie still has to serve yeah yeah <laughs> I was like I knew that was good I was like but okay I'm usually the one celebrating I'm usually the one getting a little more pumped than Jamie and so he gets closer he's like he's like Beth it's over like we we won the match like we won <laughs> I was like, oh, damn. I even, I've replayed it a few times because you, you could see the reaction on my face. I was like so pumped. I was giving him a high five. And he was like, no, it, it, it's over. Like we, we, won, the we won the whole thing. We won the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, we won the whole thing. And I was like, <laughs> I was kind of upset because I didn't really get to officially like go into a full celebration. But don't get me wrong. It, I still celebrated afterwards. So yeah. it was, uh, but yes, true story. I did forget the score. I didn't realize the match was over. Uh, until Jamie told me, like, Beth, you're, you can put your rackets away now. Like, you're done. <laughs> it's the cutest thing if you watch it back at the end. If uh, you go online and watch um, anything from uh, the US Open of you winning that moment. Because it was so special and so important. I've got to ask you some serious things. It's, it's the important things. The eyelashes. No, I know. I, at first I was like, what are the important things? But, <laughs> so, uh, the eyelashes started actually post I actually think post Wimbledon like when I got the injury I was doing some TV and I was like I've always been intimidated to put, sort of put lashes on 
and I had all this downtime. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to YouTube this. I'm going to learn how to do my makeup. I was doing more TV. And so I started wearing the lashes. They're like my go-to look. Everyone comes up to me. They're like, you play and train in those. And I'm like, yep. I don't care if it's hundred percent humidity in Miami. I don't care if it's hundred degrees in Australia. I'm wearing the lashes. So that's like my signature look. I want, so, you know, you were talking about skills for lockdown. When I knew that lockdown was happening, because sadly I had people initially going, hun, this is like prepare, it's happening, it's going to happen. So I bought, because I've had this bad relationship. I have small eyes. I swear they just, I can't get them on. I've tried, I've dedicated time. I have de- Wait, have, have you trimmed them though to yeah. your eye shape? Now, how do you do it? I, I have bought four packs. I'm going to use lockdown to get good at this. Tip. Listen, okay, here, here's, here's my tip for you, okay? First, you, there's actually one, uh, Huda Beauty makes one that it's called an easy lash. It's a good starter one because you don't have to trim them. You want to find the right shape for your eyes. So for me, I like the way I look with a, with the cat eyes. And, and this can be different for every, every eye shape, every face shape. Now, once you've trimmed it, you found the right shape. The key is this, when you're putting it on, you don't want to be looking up into the mirror trying to put it on with your eye open. You actually want to have your mirror and looking down so that your eye is kind of closed and that you can put it on the top of your lash. That's the key, like so. This is a multiple Grand Slam winner, Olympic <laughs> knows about winning technique. And I feel guilty <laughs> asking, but I know there are girls going, I want to be on a tennis court, football pitch, looking like that. And it's sensational. Glue, yes. tips. I would say when you take them off, you do a hot compress on them for a couple minutes. It loose, it warms up the glue and it loosens it up and they come off really easily. And I love, this is where you get your energy from and I love your contradictions because you've done the eyelashes and then you let your husband shave your head and knock down? <laughs> Listen, it's, actu- it's actually almost time where he's going to have to trim the top of my hair. So <laughs> I gotta trust him though. Like he, I will say like in Justin's defense, he keeps his beard really nicely manicured. So I did trust him with the clippers on the back of my head. Although if you watch the Insta live, like I felt like he was going so fast. I'm like, babe, like we have all the time in the world. Like, <laughs> this is either going to end one of two ways. It's going to be amazing or we might murder each other. So you are a breakup. And I love the fact that you were fueled by coffee. Yes. Oh, that I've, I've drank more wine and coffee in my time home right now than I probably have in the last five years. I'm going to be really, I actually had to switch to decaf at some point. Cause I was like, nah, it's, I'm like getting the caffeine sweat. I already have a lot of energy naturally. Like I don't need to add more to this. So, uh, so sometimes when you're seeing me sipping my coffee on my Instagram, it is decaf. You do crush a whole load of lemon, lemons into the amaretto, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, there we go. The amaretto sours. No, we have cocktails going. I'm a big uh, mezcal fan, so I'm making margaritas. Uh, listen, it's, we're, we're having a good time on the downtime. It's, it's all about balance, but I, I'll be honest. You know, I really have never had, you know, a time off quite like this uh, without being injured, of course. It's been a refreshing uh, moment for me. Well, I really, really appreciate you taking the time out to speak to us because I know I I appreciate a lot of athletes have said it's been a fun time to connect with family, but I also know a lot of people have been calling for podcasts, asking for people's time. So I really appreciate you giving it to be inspired and all our many listeners out there. I'm going to ask you to do two more final things for us. 
a little bit of yep. coaching team talk. So for the two people that I mentioned that were listening to us as we tuned in, the ones that took you out as their coach on a run today, they've just come back, they're coming back for their run, they've completed, they've done what they intended to do today. What's your message to them? My message is stay positive, be nice to yourself. Look, we're all going to make mistakes and it's okay. We're all going to be testing new things and it's okay. We're all going to be adapting and adjusting forever, guys, forever. We're like literally never going to figure it all out. Like we're never going to figure it all out and that's okay. Like enjoy the ride, enjoy the moment. The moment is all we got. And if we want a better future, if we want a different future, it starts now. It starts with what you do in your moment now step-by-step process. If you keep thinking about what am I doing now? How am I making the most of this moment? Ultimately, all those little things, all those moments will add up and you'll find yourself sometime in the future exactly where you want to be. So take care of what you're doing in the moment. Sorry, I'll hold you to that. And and back in my final thing I'm going to ask you is for the person we were speaking to at the start that was thinking about getting their trainers on and that's now just like, okay, I'm feeling motivated. I can go and Carrie can go and make sure she gets her eyelashes on. She's going to do that during lockdown, but I need to get my <laughs> trainers on. So Bethany, your team talk to get the trainers on, to get out and to get running here now. No, team talk. Look, listen, I train because I like doing it. There's aspects about it that I like, that I like, and there's some things that I don't like. To me, working hard and sweating, like I enjoy that. I feel better in the end. I do things that I like doing. You can find so many different things Uh, ways of staying active that you'll actually enjoy. So I would just encourage you to go do something that you enjoy. Find that if it's dancing, if it's yoga, if it's a walk, if it's walking your dog, maybe it's, maybe honestly, the playlist is all you need to get through that run. Maybe that's what makes the, the world of difference is having the right songs for those 15, 30 minutes that you want to go for a run, but whatever it is, just really make it about doing in the way that you like to do it, that you're going to be enjoyable because that's, what's going to make it repeatable. That's what it's going to make it easier to tie those, lace those shoes up and go out and do it. So just that, uh, that's my biggest thing. Seriously. That's my biggest thing. That's what I do with my workouts, with my training, uh, with my practices. I go there with an intention of doing things that I like to do. And in the end, I look back on my, I practice for two hours. Like it's not, it's not just saying I have to go two hours. Like, what do I want to do today? How do I want to feel? And if you can answer those questions, I promise you, your motivation will come easy. You are an absolute star. You have given us far more time than you had promised. Thank you so much. Your coach was Bethany Matic-Sands and I know you have been inspired. (laughs) Definitely. Thanks so much for having me.